guys, welcome to episode 90 of Inside the Cage. Alright Mark, how are you this week? I'm good mate, how's yourself? Aye, alright, knackered mate, but other than that, I'm all good. You've got an early start, so I can't blame you. It's a busy time of year and all for us man, so... Well it'll be man, Christmas, it was good to get out last night but we met up, don't say we met up, we were socially distanced, shall we say. I wasn't really social distance, I was holding your baby. That's different, they don't count, we don't count. Um, it was good, man. It was nice to get out and do something different. And it was good to see the wee man. Although we is a loose term now, he's absolutely huge, man. He's about the same height as me. He's a big boy. He's only just four and a half months, coming up for five months. Ah, he's freaking huge. So yeah, he's a big boy. He's not very, he's not very chunky. He's quite svelte, shall we say? He's lanky, but he's very tall, man. Like very long. Very. He's got to be fucking Scotland's tallest man, I think, by the way, I'm telling you. He's got to be huge. And he's going to have about fucking size twenty three feet and all. Yeah, that's worrying. That's got yeah. to cost me a fortune. He's got to be in adult shoes before he's in fucking primary school, no? <laughs> he hasn't. He's going to be in like a fucking seven or eight in primary form. <laughs> no, stop. I'm, I'm chopping your toes off, wee man. I can't afford this. <laughs> uh, just need to shrink his feet somehow, mate. Just get him to curl his toes when he puts his feet in the shoes. I'll just cut the front of his shoes off and his feet can stick out the front of his shoes. <laughs> <laughs> just like fancy flip flops, really. Aye, basically. Aye, that's what it'll be getting. Oh, nice one, man. Nice one. So. This week, guys, we obviously have a little look back at UFC from the weekend, uh, UFC Vegas 16, sorry, UFC on, ES- UFC on ESPN 19 and Hermanson versus Vittori. Then we'll have a little look forward to this week. I say week because there is three Cage Warriors cards Thursday, Friday, Saturday. There's also a UFC... Do we call it a pay-per-view now? Is that what we, that's what we call it, isn't it? It's an American pay-per-view, so it's a pay-per-view. It's a UFC pay-per-view and a Bellator card as well, um, which for the first time, this may be the first time ever, where we have three organisations with very exciting stuff going on, on the same week. Like, there's always something on one of the so one of the cards. It's always a bit like, meh, not really that fuss, but there's pretty. It seems to be it's like a perfect storm. You know, remember the film Perfect Storm? Where you get the three things all collide into one. This is like this is like it. You get three amazing. You know, organisations all having good cards at the same time. It's um, it's actually quite exciting. So we'll need to rattle through this, I think. Yeah, we've got hundreds to talk about tonight, man. Because in 256 was, was going to be an absolute belter. It's still an absolute belter, but it was supposed to be unbelievable. It gives you that thing up to run up to Christmas. I've done it quite a lot with boxing and stuff like that as well. Giving you some class fights coming up to Christmas. So yeah, it's good to I mean, see MMA doing the exact same thing with some unbelievable fights, to be honest. It is a shame um, what we've lost off of... Um, uh, two five six, but we'll get to that, I suppose. Um, yes, we shall. But anyway, let's start with uh, the weekend and UFC on ESPN. Hermanson versus Vittoria, also known as UFC on ESPN nineteen and UFC Vegas sixteen from the Apex Center in Las Vegas, headlined by Jack Hermanson versus Marvin Vittori. Um. Obviously, this fight came about because I think this was like the eighth scheduled fight on this card, to be honest. We tell um, Remed Holland's supposed to fight Hermanson, didn't we? And Vittori eventually stood up to the plate. One thing I will say, I felt as if Paul Velder did a Scott on Saturday night when he was like, oh, you know, Marvin Vittori took this in short notice. That's the kind of fucking stupid thing I would say on this podcast and make an arse of myself. And then obviously somebody went, no, we, we were supposed to be fighting next week. And he went, oh, shit, my bad. Yeah, that's right. I was like, that's a total thing I would do. Like, just, yeah, like, no, easily no. something you would do. Remember my Arnold, Arnold, Arnold Allen, Brendan Allen gaff? I mean, uh, I'm still living that. I still have nightmares about that, mate. So 
Um, I was well chuffed when you get a professional like making mistakes. I was like, yeah, it's both the other my guy. We're man. all human, right. mate. That's what it is. We're all human. I know. Um, to be honest with you, right? Obviously, the headline of this fight could have been Hermanson versus Tilt or Hermanson versus Holland, but I am one hundred percent glad it was neither of them because this was unreal. Yeah, it was an absolutely superb fight. Man, two and went for it from start to finish. Proved that with the numbers because the numbers was the highest ever recorded for a a UFC middleweight fight. It was just, it was unbelievable. Fair play to Marvin Vittori. I knew he was decent, Vittori, right? And I've seen him a few times. I knew he was a good fighter. And maybe I was a wee bit overboard last week saying he was out of Hermanson's. What was it? Leak? Was that what I said? Is that what the words I used? I'm Can trying I just to say something? The exact I kind of called this. I did say this could well happen. I picked Hermanson because I thought Hermanson might just have enough because Hermanson's a really smart fighter, I think. But, um, man, Vittori, he must be one of these guys that see when he goes up the road, the missus has to take the batteries out the back of him to get him to sleep. Like, seriously, man, wow, relentless. He reminds me of like a, like a, a fiercer version of Khabib almost. Like, he's just... Not in terms of like his re- his style, his wrestling, just his total relentlessness just to get the job done. Like he never stopped. I don't I, I don't understand how a guy who weighs 185 pounds can or in fact he wouldn't have he probably would have weighed about two hundred pounds, to be honest. Anyway, can, can fucking keep that pace up for that long, mate. It was crazy. The two of them, the cardio was superb. Even Jack Aman said as much as he was taking a bit of a beating at times with Vittori because Vittori's stand up was really, really good. He he's well. It was non-stop. The two of them were non-stop. As you say, the cardio was unbelievable. The Tory was just brilliant, mate. I was um, I'm surprised to be honest. I did knew he was good, and I knew what he what he was good at what he did, but I didn't expect the striking to be that good and that sharp. And I don't know why. Maybe I just totally. See, I was kind of thinking about this at the weekend. Right? I was th- I was thinking well, now after I watched it, and obviously. Marvin always brings up this split decision loss to... If it was it a split decision loss to the other side, it was Aye, it? because funnily enough, who the, 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 the split judge was on that night, though. Was it Chris Lee? It was Chris Lee, funnily enough, well, yes. But that fight was close, mate. I've watched that fight, and it was close. So probably a Sanya for me. And I, th- I'm th- I was thinking to myself, like, genuinely, right, let's look at this objectively. Could he be a threat to Adesanya? Because I thought, how much better is Vittori? But then you don't think of the other side of the coin, how much better is Adesanya than what he was when he first fought Vittori as well. So, um, but, I mean, I I, I I can't honestly say enough good things about Marvin Vittori. Getting a chance like this, grabbing it with both hands, and pretty much, to be fair, although it was a close fight, he ragdolled Hermanson for four rounds, mate. He ragdolled him. He ragdolled him for the first two anyway. Maybe not so much two and uh, three and four more than five but he, he fucking ragged all the mate well three it always to mean three is always just tend to be better rest like, I'll just relax here I'll chill out I'm too up I'll relax I'll get my breath back I'll just chill out and then he went back into fourth and fifth and he just dominated him I'm glad somebody gave him a 10-8 for that first round because for definitely that first round was a 10-8 I right. was shocked that he never gets three 10-8s for that to be honest because for me that was a 10-8 he knocked him down when he was striking and dominated it until he knocked him down. And then even when he did get him down, he ragged all the fucking shit out of him on the ground as well. It was a 10-8 all day long. It's funny, it's these new rules though, these new scoring where the 10-8, so the 10-8 can be a wee bit softer than what it was before. A 10-8 used to be pretty much five minutes of control and that was it. Whereas a 10-8 can now be 
it's easier to get. I agree with you, but you're probably talking about these guys, um, maybe not knowing exactly what was going on and stuff like that, mate. But um, I, I'm excited to see where ja- uh, Marvin goes, man, because he's he's Ted. You see what I mean? I'm being terrified. It doesn't look Italian. If you were to look at that guy and say, "What nationality is he?" No, he's not Italian. He's the most un-Italian-looking guy I've ever seen in my life. Um, um, I don't know what it is. It just it just does not look Italian. Don't get me wrong. He's been in America for quite a while now, isn't he? Obviously training. He trains out that way and stuff like that. I think he even trained in London at one point. Um, so he's obviously he's been about. He's rounded out his game. His wrestling's odd point. His striking's odd point. He is a dangerous, dangerous challenge. And that don't get me wrong. I think he will get his rematch against Adesanya. That will not be next. No. He's got enough fight to get through. Who that will be, I'm not entirely sure. Obviously mentioned Costa's name at the end, didn't he? I but then he shot it and said, "No, nah, I don't want Costa. I want Adesanya." Aye, he shot, he shot it. Um, he'll be fighting Costa, I think, to be honest. I think that'll be the fight. Yeah, um, I agree. It probably should be the fight. I mean, if you look at his record, mate, he hasn't he fought anybody so other than Adesanya? Um, I mean, Carl Robertson, I mean, yeah, Andrew Sanchez, yeah, Cesar Ferreira. You know what I mean? There's nothing there, really. Um, so he needs to go and... I'd maybe, I see he's there, I'm a big granny hangy. Why not give him... I don't really like to see him fight Till, go on a kind of European thing. Um, Till was obviously supposed to fight Hermanson and eight, Vittori beat Hermanson. Why not see? Let's, let's have a look at Till. Uh, Vittori, maybe, the only thing you would say is possibly now that Vittori will jump ahead against ahead of Hermanson in the rankings and then that will put him ahead of Till. So would he want to take that fight? Or would that kind of think he's looking backwards with that fight? Or what? I don't know. Cannon here would be a good fight for him. That could be a good fight, aye. Um, I don't think Kennedy could deal with relentlessness, to be honest. I don't think there's many that could, mate. I think even Adesanya would struggle because Adesanya likes guys at distance, you know, like to keep guys at distance. Whereas you're not, you, I don't, honestly don't think there's any fight in the world that could keep Marvin Vittori at distance. I genuinely don't believe that. I, I just, I genuinely don't think he would just, he would let you. You could try all you want, but he'll just hunt you down. I'm not saying Ades- um, Vittori's going to beat Adesanya, by the way, not for a minute. Um, I, I mean, it's possible, but it's doubtful. But there's just something about him that was just totally... Oh, it was class, mate. It was class. I could do a whole show talking about him. I thought he was brilliant. He took his chance, man. Nothing like getting a, a, a much better chance than that. Who was he supposed to fight? Jacquery? He was supposed to fight Jacquery next week, which would have really done much for him. He hasn't even ranked. And he went and took a chance against the guy fourth. I mean, see if you watched that fight and you didn't know, you didn't know the rankings, you wouldn't have said that Vittori was the lower-ranked fighter. That's another thing. He just he showed Hermanson up, mate. I know Hermanson was good for parts of it, but he showed Hermanson up. He did, for me. Certain bits, I definitely, without a doubt, he showed him up. And um, Hermanson's good as well. That's the thing. It's weird, man. He was just so good, Vittori. He was, he was superb. He deserved the 100%. It was so good to see. He's just a genuinely likeable guy as well. That's the thing. He's not really an arse about things. He's just a good guy, and he just was superb on the night. You know, just he's just he's just crazy. It looks like he's wired to the moon. I think he is wired to the moon. To be honest, mm-hmm. he's a he's he's a he's a madman who's just generally nice as well, but which is good. So, no, brilliant film on the night. Deserved that. Good to see both fighters getting a fifty grand bonus as well. That was well deserved because it was fighting the night without doubt. It was brilliant. It really was. Obviously, this weekend we had or we had a few issues. We obviously had OSP missing weight for the first time in his 40-fight career. We also lost three fights in the build-up. We lost Evo Evlandver, Jimmy Flick versus Corey Durden, and we also lost Santos giving De La Rosa an absolute mauling, um, which is disappointing, to be fair. But 
overall, this card was really, really good anyway. Um, and I didn't feel like you missed the fights. I know it's because I watch it on catch up and try to watch twelve fights is always hard. But I felt watching this was quite it was quite good, man. It was it was a neat, it was a good watch. It wasn't too long, it wasn't too short, you know, I wasn't wanting more, it was just perfect. I was mate, I was there was eight good there was to be honest, I say there eight good fights. There was eight good fight performances as well as part of that. Um yeah. Jamal Hall making his statement against OSP. Yeah, it was He's, it's a weird fight that one. Jamal Hill was very, very good, man. Very patient. Looked very good. OSP looks some. See OSP. Sometimes it looks brilliant, but then sometimes it looks so slow and just so cumbersome, man. Like I thought he looked okay at times as well because he done really well with his leg kicks and stuff like that. And he done all right. I thought, oh, man, this is this is going to be a good fight here. Then all of a sudden, Jamal Hill pulls it a strike and cut a crack and digs. That's all she wrote, and that was that. Do you know what I mean? It was fight over. Standing knockouts are always class, man. Ah, it's brilliant, man. It's just a case of OSP's just fucking wobbly, don't they, man? He just keeps at them, keeps at them. It's good refereeing, because see, to be fair, see, when he stopped it, to me, it didn't look that bad. It didn't look like he was struggling that much. He still had his hands up, and then obviously as soon as the ref stopped in and OSP got a break, you could see he was all over the place. For me, that's good refereeing, because you, you don't see that. The ref sees that. The ref can tell. And I was a good, a really good stoppage. But Jamal Hill looks good, man. Like legit, like it took his time. Like he probably could have had OSP out there in the first round, but you know, took his time, waited for his shots, and picked them out, mate. Like I was really, really, I was quite impressed. Impressed him before, to be fair. You've, you've, you've always kind of said you were impressed by him. You liked him, but I was never that sure. But I think to take out OSP, although OSP isn't exactly a massive name, it's still a name. It's still somebody who people know and. That would certainly go a long way for Jamal Hill. Um, anyway, definitely. I'll get him ranked, probably. I'll get him ranked, mate. It puts me out of that conversation now. There's a lot of guys up at 205 now who's, who yep. want, to, well, want to fight for the title eventually, you know what I mean? Yep. It's, obviously, we spoke about John Jones leaving it previously, and it was probably one of the best things to ever happen to that division because it just put an absolute... It's, a, it's just a field of great fighters now, and they can yep. all just kind of possibly chop and change the title and... I just wish they would fight more often. Like I know you've got to look after yourself and all that, but I just I'd love to see a title get defended four times a year. Do you know what I mean? Or three times, at least three times a year. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, that's, the thing. that's the thing, do they? No, they don't because they're the champions. But it would be interesting if you get to the end of next, you get to this time next year, and fucking with two different lightweight, light heavyweight champions. Do you know what I mean? It wouldn't surprise me. That's the thing, though. No, it would no, It'd be good if we could get a couple of defenses in, mate. I got a couple of. A couple of fights in, you know, but um, what about also the rest? Of, we can talk about all of this card tonight because there was all it was all great. But what about anything that really stood out for you? There's there's one thing we should absolutely definitely talk about. Would you want to talk about the slam or do you want to talk about dodgy decision? What do you mean dodgy decision? Oh well, that wasn't that dodgy. I mean, well, it was that dodgy decision, but it was a dodgy scores card within his decision. Yeah, I mean, John Allen was nowhere near beating Roman Dillardy, Um but. It was one of the worst split decisions I think I've seen, to be honest, because it was like Dadsy dominated the first two rounds with, eight, with ease, I thought, pretty much. It wasn't the worst I've ever seen. The worst I've ever seen will always be Tiago Alves versus fucking, what was that, someday Green? No, not Green. What was his name? Like Morris Green, was it, though? No, it wasn't. It was the guy. Uh... Aye, but that was a different Max one. Because, different. because they actually gave him the fight to win. I just think if you've, you've got two guys... 
especially one given a 30-27 and then you're going a 28-29, you've got to be thinking to yourself, am I watching the right bloody thing here? It can't have Especially been when you consider who it was and the fact that he'd done it during the Felder RDA, he'd done the exact same thing at Felder RDA. That was worse. That was much worse, mate. Oh, Felder RDA was a shocker. Um, it's not good, mate. Like Somebody should be looking at this. Like you should look at the... the I mean... It could be that he sees different things, mate. Maybe he's looking at different things. Maybe he's a different type of coach, the referee. The way I see it is the fact that it's not the first occurrence and it's happened a few times maybe makes me think that he's looking at something else. He's looking at different things. Maybe either one of two things happened. Maybe he doesn't know how to score a fight or he has a different way of looking at things. Maybe he's not totally... Because the problem is a lot of these guys are boxing coaches. You know, you hear these guys are boxing coaches, right? So they're maybe not so clued up in the rest of it because they're... Well, Remember what I said to you last night when we were, we were walking about town? I said to you, see if you can count how many times Roman Delizzi goes for the fucking ankle. He'll, he'll uh, it was quite a few, I'd tell you, I loved that. Ankle. He'll quite run for it. So you might find that Chris Lee doesn't know what that is. You know what I mean? You I, might then find you it. should not be an MMA judging. That's I the problem. That. I get that, mate, but then nobody questions these guys. That's the thing. But they should. No, that's the issue, now. I know, but they don't get questioned, mate. That's the thing. There should be more to it. There should be decisions. Like Somebody should have to go to him and to the commission. It should be up to the commission, mate, because the commission should go, right, mate, you know, we've had an MMA expert watch that fight and quite clearly it was 2-1 to Roman Delizzi. What did you see that we didn't see? And if he can genuinely explain what he saw in a million month or Sundays ever explain how RDA lost three of those rounds. But it would be nice for people to come out. It's always like, it's like, it's the same conversation. You and I could no doubt start a conversation right now about referees in Scotland and in the UK, how they're unapproachable. And as soon as you say anything against a decision in this country, you, your manager's going to get banned, which is a disgusting, mate. It shouldn't be the way. And football in this country, it's just... if a Referees should be... If it's a genuinely horrible decision, then a referee should be held to task for it. It should be. And they're just not. And it's the same with us. These judges can just do it. pretty much do whatever the fuck they want. Which is that's annoying. A, that is a problem. That's, that's, hang on, this guy's been in here in the, in the organisation for 14... He's been with fight, with judging fights in the UFC for 14 years. Hmm. He's had a few over the years that you could class as pretty bad. Can I, well, what the fuck are you watching if you're picking that? Hmm. You look at his last three fights that he's picked the guy who's lost the fight during a split decision. You've get, He picked John Allen against Alizzi. He picked Felder against RDA. And the Angie Hill Watson one isn't as bad, but he still picked Angie Hill that beat Watson. But there's probably ninety nine percent of people would have said Watson won that fight on the night. Yeah. So the guy, the guy should know what he's talking about if he's done it for fourteen years. But unless with age, maybe something's happened with age, and he's just not. I don't yeah. know. There's something he's got to be questioned for me because you can't, especially after the Felder one, he should have been questioned. Then then to do it again. Something's got to happen. Something's he's got to be asked the question, mate. What did you see in that fight that made you score that? I want to know so we can either a help you or b maybe help the other judges if he's seen things or not. Mm. Yeah, I just think uh, I just uh judging for an organisation that's as massive as the UFC, the judging at times can be fucking pish poor. It really can, and it's disappointing, mate. It's just disappointing because. Well, they need to come up with a, a way to judge fights, mate. They need to come up with a better way to judge fights, and they need to have MMA judges. I lasted that. I saw about education. There's no, I've not really got a massive issue with the three judges. That's that's fine. Um, but maybe some of these judges need education and what's actually relevant to the rules of MMA these days. What actually counts as positive actions within the octagon and negative stuff. 
Because sometimes you look at a fighter and you might see a jiu-jitsu guy and he's on his back and the other guy's lying on top of him. But the jiu-jitsu guy sometimes pulls him in there. Give me arm control. He's actually controlling the fight from the bottom sometimes. Yeah. Because he's looking for a submission. Whereas sometimes a guy wouldn't maybe see that. They would think, oh, that guy's lying on top of him. He's obviously controlling him. Whereas that's not necessarily the case. So, um... It's just it's quite a bit of education, but after fourteen years, I would expect this guy to know what he's talking about. So surely, questions I've got to ask either, as I say, to see what he's seen to help the other guys, or to either help him if he's seen totally the wrong thing. But anyway, we'll see. I know Dana wasn't too happy about it after the after the event. Anyway, was it? Nah, but he's got something has to be done, mate. As you say, whether it's education, or whether it's new judges, or whether it's a new judging system, whatever it may be, but something has to be done because we kind of keep having the same conversations. It's a bit like the same shit about missing weight. They need to do something about that. They need to help fighters. They need to do something about that because missing weight's not only unprofessional, as we've said before, it's dangerous, mate. Because if you're missing weight, it means you're cutting too much at the last minute. That's what that means. If you're not prepared for that weight cut, you're no, you're not going to make it. Okay, aye, there's situations that can happen. You know, we've heard of, you know, women fighters missing weight because you know they've had that uh, their monthly period and stuff like that. And that's that. These are human natural things. Sometimes, I'm sure they're pretty sure there was one. Who was it? Was it member Paddy Pimblett? The wee guy he was fighting basically said he couldn't sweat anymore. That was him. He just wasn't sweating, he just stopped sweating. So there's genuine issues. But if there is an issue with, you know, cutting weight, then you have seen need to help. Same with the judges. Educate your people, man. Like spend some money on it. Get get the right people in the right place. You know what I mean? Yeah, the ju- are, they, are the judges not packed by the commissions all the time? Well, I mean offer assistance. Like UFC could Quite offer assistance. UFC Bellator. You know, UFC, Bellator, all the organisations could come together and go, do you know what, maybe we should start educating the co- the, the, the judges and then the commission, or the commissions could get in touch with, you know, the organisations and say, listen, can we get somebody? I think the best way to do it is learn from pre- fighters, mate. I, I think that's the best way. Learn from guys, you know, you know, it's hard because you can't, you don't want to go and ask somebody who's predominantly a striker to, you know, give you tips on how to... Um, score a fight because you're just going to get the same situation you're just going to get strikers scoring fights but there's got to be something that can be done as simple as that you've got to look at that thing anyway put it that way right, let's go into these unbelievable someone cracking finishes um, what about Jordan Levitt's blatant blatant assault on Matt Wyman he should be locked in jail for that it was sensational wasn't it <laughs> oh, mate <laughs> Absolute genius. You seen what he done? Put a forearm across his face, smash right in the ground. You know what's loop funny, pole, mate? We found a loophole, but it fucking works. You know what's funny, mate? Right? See, as soon as I seen him hit a deck, I knew he was out. Like, I know I'm not trying to brag, mate, because I never see things. I never ever see things. I'm quite happy to admit that. That even the commentators will say, right, what he's going to do here is do this. And I, even after they've told me he's going to do it, I get after it and go. I still didn't fucking see that. But I see as soon as he hit the deck, mate, knew he was out like straight away. Like because the way I seen his head bounce off the canvas, I was like, ah, man, he's out. And then obviously a second later, he's obviously he's out. But scary, mate. It's scary. Uh, that one scared me. Like I'm not normally a. a I don't normally hate knockouts. I mean, that um, Kasanganai um, Buckley knockout is one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my whole life, and Kasanganai was out cold, but that wasn't nice, mate. That I was not nice to watch. it was just the way it was done. It's never nice to see somebody's body maybe moving that way. Or it's the fact that it was the back of their head, kind of around the back of the ear, kind of that way. It's yeah, a dangerous bit of the head. If you punch somebody or kick somebody, you get you can be 
basically can get points taken off you or whatever that is. It's against the rules, basically, to do it. So it's a bit of a loophole with regards to basically slamming somebody on the ground. Maybe eventually they'll maybe look at that as well. I don't know how you would do that because it's so easily done, it's so easily accidentally done as well. It doesn't help, doesn't sorry, it doesn't like help obviously with the see that the arm across the neck, it cuts the oxygen off to the brain as well, so it makes it almost doubly worse. You bang your head behind the ear, you're gonna get knocked out probably more than likely. But if you're also putting your like jamming your forearm into somebody's neck, you are going to potentially knock them out straight away. It's why, like, obviously, if you get choked, that's what happens. It starves the brain of oxygen. Your brain kind of just shuts down for a minute. Same thing. So he basically got a double whammy. He basically got choked out and knocked out at the same fucking time. Um, I man was pretty scary. Um, scary that he wasn't moving for a bit after it as well. But um, very nice touch from Jordan Levitt to go up to the guy's wife. But a wee bit unnecessary for me, if you ask me. I thought he was the nicest guy in the world as well. Oh, it was the nicest guy. What an interview, man. He was so articulate, so well-spoken. He was didn't just speak, didn't brilliant. Speak over, didn't speak over John Anik once, you know, waited and then answered short, didn't take up too much time. You know, he was a nice guy. And to be fair, mate, it was a class knockout. It was scary to look at. And I, I'm not sure I would openly like to see that one again. But it's, um, it's weird because one of these ones, it's probably up there for knockout of the year with... You know, like Buckley, because it was very different. You don't see it much like that. Definitely, man. Um, Looks good going forward, Levitt, though. I'm going to see what he's like going forward, because I know it's only a one-time thing, but he has 18-0, do you know what I mean? So he's got something in there. Um, Brinkes versus James, I think you you fancied, though. You were looking forward to watching James, weren't you? Um, I was looking forward to the two of them, mate. This was a good fight. This was a class fight on paper. Um, I like Justin James because he does go out kind of hell for leather, and there was a couple of times where he nearly clipped Gabby Benitez where it was nearly, you know, a different result. But that knee, man, I mean, that literally dug right in under the ribs, man. And I wouldn't be surprised if Justin James has got a cracked rib, mate, because that was perfect. It was a beautiful knee, man. Absolutely beautiful. It showed the how man, it was over. He was curled up in a ball on a fucking ground. It was just absolutely superb. Um, I don't know if it was quite a liver shot, but it was definitely windy, though, man. It definitely just took the world. Oh, I fucked him up, man. It folded him up like a book. That's the thing. That's what it done straight away. He just fucking went right into that. Then he curled up into a ball on the ground. Justin James was just like, like here, get me out of here now. That's that. Done. Fight's over type thing. And um, fair play to grab your one as well. The class finish as well. Um, Taporia looks the real deal. That kid looks fucking scary, by the way. Considering yeah. that striking is not even his main game, that's the thing. Do you know what scares me, right? I have never, in all the years of watching MMA and all the years of doing the podcast, seen anybody hit the body that hard in my life, mate. How he manages to get those wee arms, he's a featherweight, he's not a big guy, right? Um, how he managed to get that much power into a body shot is ridiculous. And it always seems, it just it sounded horrendous, man. Like, proper dug it out. Like, it was, oh, man, Itapuria looks really, really shit hot, man. Really, really good. Good for Spanish MMA to have a potential star, obviously. I know Juan Arcoleta says he's for Spain, but he's not really. Well, it's weird because Tapuria was born in Germany. Oh, really? So he's Spanish flag and fights at Alicante in Spain. So it's, he's, a, he's a mixed bag. I was going to say, Tapuria, I mean, he flies the Georgian flag. He's always got the Georgian flag. Yeah. So, class. Brilliant. Love this. So, he's no Spanish at all. Good. Walked right into that one again. He's a bit of, he's a bit of everything. He, he's, he, just, he just likes to be. I think he's originally, I think his parents were Georgian. I think that's what it was. His parents are Georgian. Yeah. You know, we have our own 
way of giving performance to the Knights, and performance to the Knights are never always about knockouts with you and I. My performance tonight was Jake Collier. He was brilliant. He was really, really good on the night. It was class. Um, His face absolutely smashed up to fuck. Was clawing at it or for the whole fight. Notice he kept looking over his shoulder and all. Did you see that? Right. But he still, he still managed to... He was checking his blind spot and he was going to take him for the night. Nobody <laughs> was going to come in for the back. Um, I, he looked really, really good because Jan Vellante, although isn't a, an amazing fighter, he's tough and he's durable and you know Jan could knock you on your ass with one good shot I thought Collier was absolutely superb mate I called this one wrong big time do you want to know thing I would say about these two guys mm-hmm. they probably shouldn't be fighting a heavyweight because they're a bit meaty shall we say is probably the best spot to war yeah but then you, you imagine trying to lose you know what what's that 60 pounds what four stone aye but fucking Valani coming out like 235 or something oh did he but then Jan Vernon has fought a light heavyweight. Yes, he has. I can't so, see Jake Collier fighting a light heavyweight, mate. I'm sorry. Aye, because he looks like a fucking pudding. <laughs> now you're just being fucking he's rude. He's had too many puddings. That's what I meant to say. In fact, Jake Collier's fought a middleweight before. There we go. I've I, I seen that. I, I think I've seen that somewhere before. Uh, so they're just only two guys who just want to go have a scrap, enjoy themselves. I can't be asked for the weight cuts anymore, to be honest. And why should you, mate? See if you're going to get a fight like that or a performance like that. Fair play, keep doing it, Jake. Um, was Jake Collier not the one that Tom Aspinall sparked? Yes. Ah, okay. That's why I picked. See, at the that. time we said the exact same thing about him as well. We like, he looks a bit meaty, doesn't he? That's because Tom <laughs> he was Aspinall a bit chunky, looks. Shall we say? That's because Tom Aspinall looks like a fucking lightweight. That's why. That's probably true. Be fair. Uh, may as well mention the last man we've not mentioned, Lou Smoker. Uh, let's be honest, a bit of a comeback win on the night because Kenonia has kind of dominated the first round and then all of a sudden Smoker came back in the second and finished it and I think everybody was a bit like, what the fuck happened there? Daylight fucking robbery. Fucking hate Mate, it. you don't put him away, it doesn't matter. I know, but I know, I know. I just feel bad for Kenonia's man. I thought he looked brilliant, man. I thought he looked absolutely superb. Total control of the fight. Had Smoker at distance. Everyone looked well and then Smoker just fucking ragdolled him. <laughs> Uh, I was surprised by this myself. Um, as you say, Cronias looked really, really good. First round, man, dominated it. was absolutely superb in the second round, man. I don't know what happened to Smoker. It fucking a wee kind of mini half-time break, shall we call it. But he fucking got totally, totally changed. Many events, as you say, ragdolled him and knocked fuck him in the end, which was... Yeah. It was a good fight, man. Good, some good. It was some good knockouts on the night and all that. It was a good event. There was something to talk about in every fight. There was positives to talk about in every fight as well, which is the thing. Yeah. Sometimes you get negatives in fights, but you never go any on Saturday night. To be honest, it was really, really a good event. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was class, mate. It was class. Okay, moving swiftly on as we're very much running out of time. Where would you like to start, Mr. Morrison? I will give you the the choice. Where would you like to start of our previews of the weekend? Right, the previews first. Well, I well, what else were you thinking? News? I don't know. Maybe I finish off with two fifty six. Go for it. Do your news then. Hit me with yeah, it. Let's get back down. Right. Um, let's fly through this. Um, obviously, Edwards Chamayas was scrapped. That's been announced permanently. Apparently, I fucking lost a power away. I'll make you see with a picture. Apparently, I affected him quite badly, Edward, but who knows? Um, Benavidez versus Askarov. Mm, okay, yeah, I'm up for that. 
Ah, uh, sounds good. UFC 259, March 6th. Pettis is back. Oh, March the 6th? Aye. Well, that's fucking pish. Aye. Because that means, well, that, that's basically a number one contendership, is it not? Basically. Uh, probably, aye. Right, so that means that then... Well, it's, it's one of those fights that if Askarov wins it, he becomes a number one contender, but if Benavidez wins it, he's not. Yeah. But I'm, I can see what you're saying. But the only thing I would say about that is the man who currently holds the title has just thought is going to be fighting twice in three weeks. I think he could probably do with a break. Aye, but what I'm saying is it means we're going to be waiting six months for that fight title to be defended again. That's fine. Excuse me. Tony Perez <laughs> is back. Oh, showtime? Yes. Right, Alex Morono, uh, December 19th, there was talks that he was actually on Pets was going to take the Chimaev fight. Aye. Um, step in and place the Edwards, but that didn't happen in the end. And it's, he's now fighting Morono. Wonderboy is now headlining that. Obviously, he was the, the co-main in against James Peniel, so he's now um, headlining that event. Um, of Chimaev. What's that? I was going to say instead of who, but Chimaev. Chimaev. That's not happening. Um, I don't know how I just, just on that note, I don't know how I missed that Stephen Thompson was fighting Jeff Neal. I don't know what happened there. I don't know how I missed it either, to be honest. But anyway, we'll go through fight announcements first. DJ. Yep. One of the greatest of all time. Obviously moved to World Championship. Was finally fighting for the title. We'll fight Adriano Moraes in February. Wow. February, man, he's only waited two years. I know, you're fucking... You'd have thought they'd, t- they'd brought him over there to fight him as soon as possible. You thought that would have been the case. Um, so I'd be interested to see if DJ actually wins a, a second belt. I'd expect him to in the end, to be honest. But we'll see. Uh, a couple of fights... Fight, a couple of... The... No, how's Talia Santos supposed to fight the weekend? Yeah, uh, Rosa, Rosa be aye. Uh, she's now fighting Jillian Robertson. UFC 17, so that's in 19, so she'll be moved to that card now. And J- right. Jimmy Flick, Cody Durden, that was posted at the weekend as well, wasn't it? Yeah. That's now the move to the 19th as well. So they're rescheduled. Flick, Durden, and Santos is now fighting Robertson instead of De La Rosa. Why couldn't, why couldn't they have just rescheduled Santos versus De La Rosa? Maybe De La Rosa decided she didn't want to fight in the 19th. Maybe she knew that she was going to get pumped. <laughs> she decided, I'm going to take the chance here and go, no, you're all right, pal. Anyway... Sucking off versus Ryan Spans off uh, the Vegas in 17 card, which certainly had a decent fight in the night, so that's a bit of a point. Akmedov versus Tom Breeze, which should be an interesting fight, because Akmedov's a bit kind of hat and miss. You don't know what to expect there. So that's January 16. That's the first one of the year. Um, Dominic Cruz is back. Yep. Fighting Casey Kenny, which is a tough fight for us. Casey Kenny's. Tough. He's a good fighter. He's a tough, tough fighter. He's an all-man. Doesn't he stop man's cardio out of this world? So, um, tough fight for Dominic Cruz. Probably good to see him back anyway. Some smashing him. We'll see. I think that'll be a see where Dom is type fight. I think that's what that'll be. See where he is going forward. And the only other thing I could find was Zombie basically went as a beat next. That was kind of the only thing, but that's not really much news. Um, Apart from fight announcements, we've got Yaya Rodriguez got suspended for six months. I did not see that. USADA. 
Why? Because they never told them where he was. Wow. So you said they are supposed to tell them every kind of time where you are, so that they kind of, kind of do a random test. I think they've got some sort of app or something like that. They've got to kind of fallen, so if they move from city to city, they can basically tell them where he is. Yeah. Um, and he never. Oh, a shite, man. So um, he's been suspended for six months. But he didn't have a fight coming up anyway, so he's probably just enjoying himself. Probably just a year fuck right now. Still shite, though, man. I mean, you've got a... Are you sad a suspension on your record for something so petty as I'm not telling them where you were? So that member Rio Ferdinand got done for a year yep. ago. The exact same yep. situation. He didn't tell. Well, he missed a uh, test, Rio, but there was a genuine reason why he missed the test. That's uh, what it was. It was stupid, mate. The whole thing was just stupid. Um, Khabib has started an organisation. Ah. I'm, sure I'm pretty sure if you go back and listen to the retirement episode, I'm pretty sure I said that would happen. Aye, and I said something similar. Aye, but then you said, nah, he'll not, he'll not be, they'll not be feeding into UFC, and your wee message on your news says he's going to want to feed into UFC. It's exactly what I said is going to happen. He's going to give guys an avenue into UFC that he didn't have when he first started. He had to go around the houses and fight 15 bums and fight three times in one night to try and get noticed. These guys are going to come out of fucking Russia with two and no records and then ragdoll everybody and it's going to be like, there's going to be 15 Russian UFC champions, mate. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I like the name of it though, Eagle Fighting Championship. Yeah, EFC. I like it, it's quite good. I think EFC in South Africa might not be very happy with that, mind you. Oh well. A shame for them, isn't it? Um, only our news as. You don't care, but Yo Romero got the rest. Woo. That is apparently the first of what between forty and sixty fighters are talking about releasing. So depending on what article you read, that number changes from forty to fifty to sixty to seventy-five. I read on one of them, so it could be anything, mate. They're going to be releasing some amount of fighters. That's all we know because they've got the very, very top heavy man. It's ridiculous. Really yeah, we talked about it. We talked about it yesterday, mate. There's like ridiculously too many, you know, fighters. You know what I mean? So. You only we think we said we'd roughly asked maybe forty fighters per weight class, maybe. Yeah. Between thirty and forty fighters per weight class, and even then you're looking at the heavyweights and the flyweights, and you don't need that many in that kind of division. So Exactly. Um anyway, that's the end of the news. Let's move on. In fact, the last two bits of news missed out affects two fifty six. So we'll get to them. We'll go into the Cage Warriors first. Come on. Let's go. Right. So Cage Warriors we have Three events. It's the Trilogy Strikes Back. Um, Cage Warriors 117, 118 and 119. Thursday, Friday, Saturday from York Hall in London. Uh, they've moved from Manchester to London for this one. Um, yeah, I mean, as we've said many times before, if you can, watch Cage Warriors. I mean, you guys will get it in America. If you listen in the, the States or Canada, North America, you can watch us live, although the timing's been a bit rubbish for you guys, but... Um, you can watch it back. There is you never get bad fights on Cage Wars. These guys are all trying to prove themselves. Um, obviously Thursday night's a big night for us because we have um, a couple of Scots on this, and I'm actually really excited for Steve McIntosh making his. Well, I presume it's his pro debut. I'm going to say that and ending up getting fucking shut down for it no being, but um, unless those are pro fights, I uh, sorry, yeah, it's not a pro debut at all. The on top fights were professionals. Um, I thought they were all amateurs, but they're not. Um, but I suppose it's his debut on a big stage. No, not to take anything away from on top, but no, it's, it's probably the biggest stage. He's definitely one hundred percent the biggest stage he's been on. So yeah, um, I'm looking forward to that. And obviously, our good friend 
an interviewee, Aidan Stephen, on this, uh, fighting a very hard uh, Turk, Turk fight. Like, um, oh, it's hard to know things about these guys. We've said it before. It's hard to you know know exactly you know who they're fighting. But we're record of eleven and two, and having a nickname like Wolf. I mean, wow. Um, we won on his debut last year at Cage Wars with Daryl Golding, um, yeah. UD and Sajan. So, um, uh, aye, tough fight for Aiden. Um, hopefully, he'll come through it. Hopefully, he'll come through it, man. It's, it's a great card. You Wesley Mayo on that card as well, man. I want to talk to him again because he was sensational last time out. Um, he absolutely fucking destroyed Adam Wilson. Sam Creasy, I'm a singer. They are a good fight. Class fight. And then, obviously, you've got the, the flyweight belt um, being, defend, uh, being defended. No. Been, aye. aye, so Luke Shanks won it the last trilogy, didn't he? Um, again, another good fight, Jake Hadley, um, a class fighter, undefeated, um, decent performance last time out um, against uh, Shadjo Hack in you know the first trilogy. So he's fought in Bellator as well. He's fought down in South Africa. So a tough fight, man. A tough fight for uh, for Luke Shanks, but again another class card, mate. Um, I so honestly think Thursday night's the best night for me. If the yeah. night I'm looking forward to watching most of the Thursday night anyway. Yeah, definitely, mate. Same for me. Same for me. I mean, there is some good stuff to get excited about on the Friday. Um, there's some names on there. That are, obviously, Steve Amable's on there. Kingsley Crawford's on there. Who's a bit of a, you know, up and coming. Um, you've got Josh Reed, Aaron Khalid, um, stuff like that. And obviously, you've got the 185 belt. Uh, Natias Frederick defending his belt against Jamie Richardson. Um which will be a class fight as well, um, but it's it's just I just love it, man. I don't know what it is with Cage Warriors. I just absolutely love it. Obviously, interesting. Right, it's, just, it's just really good to watch. I just we keep saying it and keep saying it, but it's Saturday night. Record, but you never got a bad fight. Saturday night, you actually were getting gifted with two um, uh, title fights, and actually, although you say Thursday's the best night, mate, I'm not so sure. I think Saturday's a class night. No, I think it's the best night from my point of view. It's the one I'm looking forward to watch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Dean uh, Dean Truman is that the Dean Truman? Is there two Dean Trumans? No, that is the Dean Truman. All right, that is the Dean Truman. Aye, what have we got to say? I thought he fought in Bellator once, but it wasn't. He? Obviously, didn't he? Um, but uh, Dean Truman's on this, you know, former title holder that way. Um, I think a um, couple of undefeated fighters on there. You know, you've got Ian Gary, who was quite impressive last time out. I only think I remember it being Gary's last performance was the bright purple boxers they pretty much had on. Um, Paul Hughes is up against a very very tough Jordan Vucinic. Um Paul Hughes was a guy that obviously beat Aiden, Aiden Stephen last time out. Um, and then I'll say you've got the two, the two title fights, Jack Grant defending against, that's not, that's for vacant, sorry, Jack Grant against Aggie Sardari for the vacant lightweight and then Morgan Sharia for the vacant featherweight against Perry Goodwin. So it's all very exciting, mate. It's all very good. Well, I think there's, there's a few guys on these cards. Cage World, I think, needs a couple of stars at the moment. I don't think there's many stars who are really champions. They've kind of all left now. So well, there's a chance for other guys to step up, mate, innit? Hopefully we'll see a cup this week, maybe we'll see two or three guys come through and make a name for themselves and become that star that probably Cage Warrior needs at the moment. Yeah, definitely. So, on to Bellator, which is on Thursday, again, which is just so random just now, but um, McFarlane versus Velasquez. Now, 
I said to you before we started tonight, this is probably one of the most exciting fights for the whole weekend. Maybe not the most exciting fight, but it's certainly up there. I mean, these two girls are very, very top class, very, very at the top of their game, and it's going to be brilliant. Man, it's a class fight. Two undefeated fighters go head to head. We know how good McFarlane is. We know how Vraskes is. It's just going to be class. Um, two girls probably could easily do it in the UFC as well, I think. Yep. Um, he's challenge in that top 10, that top 15 within the UFC. So it shows you their class. And I can't wait for this fight. Well, I guess it's looked good, man. She's went out and destroyed everything that's been put in front of her until she can get this fight. Um, she's did five fights in the Bellator so far to get a title shot. So she's definitely she's done her graft to get the fight and 100% she deserves it. And she's just, it's, it's just going to be brilliant. It's going yeah. to be absolute class. Cannot wait for it, to be honest. There's a lot, there's, there's, there's good fights on this, like Magomed, Magomedov, which is the most original name ever, against Matthias Matos. Um, two guys with exceptional records. That'll be class. Um, couple undefeated guys on this card, Romero Cotton fighting. See, before you missed Matos, by the way, Joe, his, his only defeat was against. Go on, tell me. Peter Yan. Really? Yeah, so his only defeat has been against Peter Yan, so that shows you the class of him. Yeah, that's true. He might struggle though. He's been two years out. In fact, almost three years out. Fact, and who else lost to Peter Yan? There's all the defeats to Peter Yan. Magomed Magomedov. Yes, this is this is the the battle of the Peter Yan rejects. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. That's a good wee start, mate. That's the kind of thing we like. You know me. I'm a I'm a, we try. I'm a fact guy, mate. So I like that ship. We try. It's a it's a, it's a the Peter Yan reject fight. Always exciting seeing a, a Gracie on the card as well, um, which will be exciting. You've got to ask yourself a question, all right? If these are lined up in the right order, the very first fight has a guy who's 17 and 1. Yeah, Fabio Aguiar, I know it's time earlier on, I'm like, wow, how the fuck is he on that? But you look at a lot, it's a lot, it's, it's a regional fights and stuff like that, and fighting in kind of small arenas and stuff like that. So, as much as he's 17 and 1, you look at maybe the caliber of fighter that he's fought. Yeah. And his last fight was two years ago. Yeah, you asked a guy true. called Michael Douglas two years ago. Yeah, so he may not be as good as what you think. No, I think it's like a lot of these Russians and these Brazilians, sometimes they've got that many fights within their own country that until they actually hit the international level, you really don't know how good they are. Don't get me wrong, I'm hoping Fabio Aguilar is worth these 17 and 1 because I feel sorry for Mike Jasper. Um, <laughs> so I'm hoping he's as good as that record, that record says it is, to be honest. Yeah. There's another Russian boy, uh, another Russian boy, Shamil N- N- Nikiev. Yeah, he's nine though as well, with Chechen Wolf. Yeah, I was just, I was just looking at him as well. Listen, it's a good card, mate. It's probably one of the better cards Bellator have had in a while. Um, headlined by probably one of the most exciting title fights they've had in a long time. To be honest with you, I'm actually really, really buzzing for that. Um, a really good two lasses, I said at the top of the game, so that'll be really good. I'm looking forward to it. Will be class, mate. I'm on for actually. I need to try and make sure I try and catch Bellator definitely 100% for next week's show because I'll be yeah, worth bad. watching I think we're bad for that we're bad for not watching it I need to try and see if we can figure it out it's put on a Thursday bloody night yeah we're a cage war isn't Thursday oh, so I'll know about to see that now because of the new job but I suppose I could watch it on my lunch maybe mm, that's good idea anyway right getting there so now UFC 256 now this is a very exciting Obviously, Davison Figueredo's defending his belt. The shortest time between um, 
title defences in history with 21 days, which is mental. Um, but this is the fight it should have been three weeks ago for me. Um, and I think this will be better than what we last time. Um, I think the outcome will be the same, if I'm honest. Yeah, I still fancy Figueredo to get a job done in the end. I don't see... Moreno was good. I like Moreno as well. But Figueredo was just a different fucking gravy, man. Honestly, he's just a different... He has a different level for everything within that division. No doubt yeah. about that. He's a level above, mate, definitely. Um, I mean, this card is just stacked with names. Like, there's not... Yeah, that's could be card of the year for names and for the fights right. that they've put on. It's, it's brilliant. Because I've missed... We've got two or three of had to be dropped for this card. It's just an absolute class fight. The first, see the first, I don't know, eight fights on this card. Obviously, well, we can't really say eight because Tisha Torres doesn't have an opponent yet. We'll say the first seven fights on this card are all class, mate. All absolutely class. They are, mate. They're, they're, um, I can't believe it. Ferguson Oliveira, the two of them in the octagon has just got to be absolutely sensational. Like Canel, Fiziev, Holland, Jacare, JDS versus Gani, Cub Swanson, Benita. Kenzie Dern versus Jinderoba, Colin Teal Tucker, mate, just brilliant. Even you could this, do Chase Super, man, you could Chase Super on this as well, so. I don't know. Basically, Lee, Lee Jing Liang, Sergei Spivak, you know, all these, all these, oh, fuck me, man, Lee Jing Liang versus Dwight Grant is a class fight. Wow, man. Um, but, I mean, like, of all the fights and all the, all the people on it, right, I think the one with the biggest at stake is Charles Oliveira. This is, this is a, this is like a career-defining fight for him, this. I know he's only 31, but beating, beating Tony Ferguson, um, it changes everything for me with him, if you ask me. I know he's on a good roll, and perhaps losing to Tony Ferguson wouldn't be the worst thing, but you imagine having Tony Ferguson on the end of that, you know, eight-fight-win eight streak, you know? It's just... Aye, this is like a... It puts him into the conversation without doubt. He's already in that conversation, but this puts him right in that fucking conversation. It does. Um, if, if the UFC maybe have supposed to spoke about possibly like a mini lightweight tournament as such, obviously for the basically what is it seems, belt now? It kind of seems like that's what they're doing. They've got three fights made. They've obviously got Poirier McGregor. They've got this one, and they've got well potentially Chandler versus Gaethje. It looks like they're talking about that one. They maybe need another one unofficially and it would make you know a, a kind of semi-finals almost but it won't it won't happen like that but um I, I do see what you're saying that's kind of the way they're going I think it's a massive fight for Tony Ferguson though as well it's like he's got to come back and prove that that performance against Gaethje wasn't he maybe a it's just a bad night it's no it's no a downturn in what Tony Ferguson is and Tony Ferguson isn't he on the, the downward slope of the hill he's still there and he's still He's still one of the best in the world, without doubt. And as I say, it was just a bad night. He wants that title. He he held an arm title for God knows how many years. Yeah. For so long. And he never ever... He still never get that title fight then. No, that's true. And he obviously missed out on it. He may so, still get it, I suppose. If he beats Charles Lavier, that puts himself back in it, as you say. So, I just... I don't know, man. I just think this is potentially like life-changing for Lavier if he can get it. Um, I'm really not sure. Because it's a... It's a it's a, it would be a magnificently massive win for Charles Oliver. Um, it really would, man. It would. Um, brilliant that- main event. No, absolutely superb. I cannot wait to watch. That's, that's, that'll be fighting tonight, without doubt. Without any doubt in the world, that'll be fighting tonight, I think. Yeah, I would think so. Well, then again, you don't know, mate. That's the thing. There's so much good to have on this. So, outside the obvious, right, give us something 
give the the listeners something to look out for, mate. Let's give them something to let's nail your colours to the master, as they say. Give us something to look out for. I've already, <laughs> I've already given you mine. What? Jingli Ang Dwight Grant. That's right, fucking. That's okay. that's get, get fire written all over it, mate. Mackenzie Dern versus Jandaroba. This is too high level jujitsu, like high level. This is like off the scale levels, right? But I think this could be one of these fights where the two of them respect each other's jujitsu so much. It's all about the stand up. Yeah. I think Mackenzie Dern will win this fight, but I think it'll be a class fight up until that point because I think they're all a bit of rolling about. There's no way you can put the likes of Mackenzie Dern and Jandaroba. In the octagon, and there'll be no rolling about whatsoever. Not a top in the hell. There'll be nothing. There has to be something at some point, and I think the high level of that jujitsu at that point will be sensational. But this fight will mainly be on the feet, and I think Mackenzie Dern thinks our striking is just going to be too good for Jandaroba in the end. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a class fight. It's a kind of it's another sleeper one. But then look at Jandaroba's record, mate. Like it's just it's one of these ones. She's she's different class, mate. Like. Uh, it's, it's going to be a really good fight, mate. The fact that it's so far down the card is actually a crime, to be brutally honest with you. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. And I'm to say, my, my, my one's Lee Jing Liang versus Dwight Grant is just... Oh, man, it gives me goosebumps thinking about that. That's going to be class. I think Quarantale Tucker would be an absolute fucking war as well, mate. I think that will be an absolute war. I think with Gavin Tucker, he looked absolutely sensational last time, didn't he? I beat Justin James. He was absolutely brilliant. He really was sensational. He'd everything. He'd absolutely everything. Um, yeah. Tough fight against Quarantale, but again, it's just great matchmaking. This is a card full of great matchmaking, 100%, without doubt. Yeah. And I can't wait to watch it. I really can't, man. I'm buzzing. Right. Actually, buzzing. I've not really been buzzing the last few weeks for watching them Saturday nights and watching the UFC. I'm not saying it's by a bit of a chore on a Sunday to try and get them watched, but there's been nothing going like that. Right, I need to watch that. I need to go up. I need to watch that. I want to watch that right now. Whereas, hopefully, the prelims will start at about a reasonable time, and then the main card will watch that the next morning, and just absolutely love it. It sounds like the wee man in the background. That is indeed. <laughs> He's like, come on, da, I'm ready. Come on. Um, I just class fights, man. Kevin Holland as well versus Jacare. Renato Moicano, mate. I love Renato Moicano. Moicano's superb, man, honestly. But he's got a tough fight against Viziev. He really is has. Wee, is that the wee stocky guy that just never stopped? Aye, 100%. He's 100 mile an hour, aye. Because he beat Mark D. Casey last time out. And he's he's tiny, but he's like he's like built like a shithouse, man. He's huge. Aye, aye he's 5 foot 8. 5 foot 8 in a lightweight. That's mental, man. That is just class, man, honestly. Um can't wait. Oh, I just can't wait for this, to be honest. I want to watch Salgani. I think Salgani will take fucking JDS's head off. Or he'll do something. He'll just do something spectacular. He'll put his name on the map in this fight for me. Even I really Swan- do think that. Swanson Pineda, mate, is like, two, another, like two vets, man. Like One's a 40 fight vet at 35 year old, and one's a you know 37 fight vet at you know whatever age Swanson is. I mean, it's like, like 37. So these are two guys, you know. At the end, towards the probably towards the end of their career, very experienced, you know, maybe not the most successful, but just that's that could be another one of these fights is just class from start to finish, mate. The whole thing's brilliant. I can't, I'm, 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 I'm absolutely buzzing. Yeah, 
I wonder if um, Cup Swanson's um, UFC career's on the line here. Possibly, possibly. Because he beat Cron Gracie, aye, but he's, he's lost. He lost his four before that. Yeah, I know. And obviously, if we're talking about a big call, could he be one of them? He's he's getting near a forty now. They're maybe looking towards the future. Maybe Cubs wants to feel as just fight could be one that the UFC look at. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. could be interesting, man. Um, but I class card, class fights all over it. Cannot fucking wait. I really can't, man. I'm buzzing, man. Buzzing. Right, okay. Is that you? Think so, man. Aye. Don't think as much. Yeah, Good show. 90th episode, man. Who would have thought it two years ago when we were sitting on a plane back from Amsterdam talking about doing it and then just decided, fuck it, let's just do it. Let's just start it and see what happens. To join us, I think we'd get to 90 episodes, man. Nope. Absolutely brilliant. I honestly think we should make a big fanfare about 100. I'm going to try and get sound effects, man. I'm telling you, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to work on that for the next couple of months, see if I can get sound effects that I can play so we can celebrate, maybe play the happy birthday song, stuff like that. <sighs> I don't know, maybe not happy birthday because it's not really the birthday the thing, but it's 100 episodes, mate. I think that's a big deal. Well, be, that'll be middle of February as well, won't it? Yeah, well, if we do two more this year, or three more this year, 7th. No, 14th and 21st, we'll do more. Two more, and then January we'll do one before the 16th so we can preview it and we'll do our awards that night, Um, which is what, the 9th or something, 9th of January? 11th it'll be 11th so we'll do one on the 11th and then that's that'll be us that's four that's three so another seven probably about to the 22nd of February I think uh, so nearly the end of February that's good well that's, that should be the target then by the end of February we hit the, the big the big 100 mate if not the 1st of March is a Monday as well so it could be very 1st of March so aye 100 shows that could be a bit, that could be fun aye we're good man looking forward to it that's good some effort man telling you some effort I know, I can't believe it's 100. Actually, 100's just got to be mental. As soon as you say 100, as soon as you every week you go, hey, this is the 101st episode. I know, I don't know. Like, I'm going to have to totally, like, not totally change the way I episode say it. Episode 101, episode 102. How am I going to say it? What, am I going to say, because I'll say, I say 89, 90. Or am I going to say 102 or 102? Or, like, I, I don't oh, mate, that's a decision I'm going to have to think about. You really think that carefully over the holidays? Yeah, definitely. Right, guys, right. thanks as always for listening. We do appreciate it um, to the many thousands of you that do. <laughs> um, listen, I, we love it. We're glad you guys enjoy it. We're glad people listen to it. We do it because people listen. If you stop listening, then we probably would stop doing it. So we do appreciate it. Um, listen, have a good week and enjoy 256 and everything that comes with it. And we'll catch up with you next week. Bye.